Now I told uh, Kane and Devin and Houston and Deanna and Jordan, which I taught Sunday school for them this morning, I said, isn't this great? I said, you've listened to me for 45 minutes, an hour so far, and you're fixing to get to listen to me for another hour again. They were just overjoyed. I thought they were going to pass out. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So if y'all see them uh, getting a little bit too excited, just tell them to calm down. It'll, it'll be okay. I, we'll be through here in just a minute. Uh, we're thankful for our young people here at the church. And I want you to know we're thankful for all those that, that work with our young folks each and every week. I know... Uh, Brother Adam appreciates all that everybody does as well, uh, and and I I really really mean this. I think God is blessing us greatly and abundantly here. I think God is doing great things here. I think He's going to continue to do great things here. I think we're going to see great things happen. Uh, you know. God is, you know, God's not in retirement, all right? God's not getting weak, getting old. Uh, he's not getting great. God's not worried about any such foolishness as that. God is still on the throne. And His will will be done. And the series that we have been preaching on just drive that home even more so. Uh, if you want to turn in Scripture, we're going to read some Scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now we're going to try to be as concise as we can this morning. I know that we have a uh, conference afterwards, and I invite each and every one that can stay with us. If you can't, uh, we understand that as well, but... Uh, Remember service tonight at uh, 6 p.m. Pray, be much in prayer for that. But in Deuteronomy chapter 18, we find this scripture. Beginning in verse 20 of chapter 18 of De Deuteronomy, it says, But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know that the word which the Lord hath not spoken, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Now we spoke a little while last week about uh, the what we call the matrix of prophecy, and that is time. Time is that which prophecy exists in. It's the very thing that makes prophecy what it is. It's telling one thing as God said, the beginning from the end. The end from the beginning. There, God is able to do all things. We understand that. 
But we want to see this morning, we want to talk about for just a few minutes, it won't, we, we don't intend to stand very long, but we want to talk about just a few minutes about this morning, precision. Precision, which is the validation of prophecy. Why is prophecy so important? Why, why do we talk about, continue to talk about, why are we preaching a series on prophecy, on the foretelling of the future? Because this is the one thing we need to understand. This is the one thing we need to see. This is why it is so important. This is why it means so much. Because God leaves no margin of error where His name and His glory are concerned. His name and His glory are above all things and he leaves no margin of error. A lot of times, you know, I've watched these specials on TV before about these so-called soothsayers, these uh, sages of the past, you know, that have, that have wrote these uh, cryptic, you know, prophecies of everything. You know, the blue leaves of fall blow around the circle of the tank of the town. And it's like, what in the world does that mean? You know, it's like... I could take a prophecy like that and I could put it with anything I wanted to. I could make it sound like anything, but when you look at the prophecy in Scripture, God is precise. God is precise. And that's the one thing I want to look at this morning. Like I said, we'll be brief. What we're going to talk about this morning is a little bit different. It is a little bit different. We've talked about it before. We've used this format before. But we want to be slow, okay? We want to be precise. God is precise in his prophecies, and I'm going to try to be as precise as I can in this message this morning. Because what is most important is contained within. It is not my delivery. It is not how I present it. It is the information. It is the information. That is the most important thing that we will get out of this this morning. Because, like we said, God leaves no margin of error where his name and his glory are concerned. I want to look at a prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 4. Ezekiel chapter 4. You, if you want to turn over there, you can. If not, I'll read the scripture to you. You don't have to turn over there. But a lot of the minute details this morning we're going to go over skip over them, okay? There's a lot of calculations. There's a lot of uh, background story that we're not going to delve into this morning because we want to just hit the high spots so that you can see the precision of God's Word. You can see exactly what He's talking about. Now, has anybody here this morning ever re uh, read the Old Testament? You ever read anything in the Old Testament? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, a few of you have read the Old Testament. All right, well, if you've read the Old Testament, you know what? That Israel was a stiff-necked and a stubborn people. Amen. They were Baptists, weren't they? <laughs> Israel were Baptists. Uh, they were stiff-necked and stubborn people. Uh, you see, and when we read that and understand and know that, we see that uh, God had to punish them a time or two, didn't he? He had to, he had to break out the the whooping stick and take them out behind the woodshed a time or two. I've been there before. I know where the woodshed is at. But this scripture we're going to talk about this morning, 
is what God uses to tell His people about their punishment. And we'll see that as we begin. Let's just go ahead and start reading. Ezekiel chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. God prophesying through the prophet Ezekiel says this, Lie thou also upon thy left side, and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it, according to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days, three hundred and ninety days. So shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have appointed thee each day for a year. Okay, so here we go. All right, we see what's going on here. Now, when we go back, like I said, a lot of the backstory we're leaving out, okay? We're not touching on that. You want to go back and look into Ezekiel? Man, you, I mean, you, you can't go wrong. There's great stuff there. But know this, Ezekiel, Daniel, the Babylonian captivity, all these things are contemporary with each other. Ezekiel's over there in captivity where Daniel is at. And God has given him this uh, vision over there. And now, Ezekiel, Israel was serving 70 years punishment. All right, we'll see that. 70 years punishment and Babylonian captivity for not keeping the Sabbaths of the land. But God gives Ezekiel this prophecy here. And what does he tell him? He says, for uh, to lay on his left side, all right, for the house of Israel. And then he tells him uh, that 390 days, all right, lay on your left side for 390 days. And then for Judah, turn around, turn over, lay on your right side for 40 days. Okay? So we've got here uh, Ezekiel's prophecy is concerning the return of Israel the second time to its homeland after the first return from the previous exile in Babylon. Now the Babylonian captivity is 70 years. 70 years accomplished. And so we see in Ezekiel's prophecy that he tells Ezekiel, he gives him these additional years, these 390 years, these 40 years for a total of 430. Okay? But... Let's notice one more thing before we go forward with that. Because God says, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to punish you, and then you're going to come back into the land. But if you don't listen, if you don't repent, I'm going to punish you again. But what did we begin by saying? God is what? He is precise. God is precise. Now, we're kind of, you know... Like, okay, well, I'll try to do it this way or I'll try to do it that way. and Maybe we will, maybe we won't. That, that's not God. God says, I change not. I change not. 
In Leviticus chapter 26, let's notice this right here before we go forward with what Ezekiel said. He said in chapter 26, verses 14 through 18. Now he's speaking to Moses and all the children of Israel, giving them the law. He's Deuteronomy, Leviticus. He's laying out everything. He's telling them, I'm going to bless you. If you do right, you listen to me, I'm going to bless you. If you don't, this is what he says. But if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning of you that shall consume the eyes, and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, and your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies, that they, they that hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when none pursueth you. And get this. And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. Okay. Alright, so Israel has gone into captivity, into Babylon, to serve 70 years punishment for their sin. What happens to them? Well, we see in... Leviticus there, all right, that we have a promise of further judgment is what? Seven times more severe. It's what God promised. That's what he said. I'm going to promise, I'll punish you the first time. If you repent, you do right, good. That's, I'll bless you. I'll bless you like you won't ever see. But if you don't, I'm going to punish you seven times more. Seven times more. So let's see what's going to happen over here. All right, Israel is given a sentence 390 years. Judah, 40 years. All right, that's 430 years. So the first 70 years of those of that punishment is served in Babylon. They served those 70 years to the day now, to the day. Remember, that's what Daniel figured out when he was reading Jeremiah over there. And he's like, oh, tomorrow is the day. And so he figured that out. So they served the first 70 years of those 430 years of punishment in Babylon. All right? They were exiled for not keeping the Sabbath of the land. Thus, that would leave, okay, they served 70 out of 430. That would leave them 360 years to serve, right? 360 years. If they don't repent. Did they repent? Y'all read the Old Testament too. Y'all know as well as I do. They didn't repent. Uh, They might have tried to walk the right way a little bit, but they didn't repent. So this means what Ezekiel is telling us is that their punishment will be multiplied by that seven times promised in Leviticus for a total of 2,520 years, 2520. So, 
Ezekiel's prophesying this, God's promising this, that the nation of Israel will be in exile, will be driven away for 2,520 years. All right, what are you getting at, Joe? Well, you see what we got to see. God is precise, right? Well, meanwhile, God has also decreed this same punishment through a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar. Just so we'll be sure about that, he sentences Nebuchadnezzar to what? Seven years insanity as a wild beast. He roams out as a wild beast and he gives the king this this, uh, uh, life of insanity and he gives him this vision before all that happened. And you see when Daniel uh, comes before King Nebuchadnezzar to explain all this to him, he explains it in the way that the king will understand. But what he does not explain to the king, this is also symbolic of what is going to happen to the nation of Israel. That when they are restored, if they will repent, God will bless. But if not, this will be a sign of when they will return the second time to the land. That's in Daniel chapter 4. You see, Nebuchadnezzar's insanity was symbolic of Israel's restoration after seven years of days is what it was called. And we've talked before about the prophetic calendar. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into all those calculations and everything right now. That's what I'm going to gloss over. We can talk about that later if we need to. But what we understand is a prophetic calendar. In other words, the old Jewish calendar, the one that they're talking about when they speak in the Old Testament, is a 360-day-a-year calendar. It's a lunar calendar. Not the solar calendar. It's the lunar calendar. That's what the uh, Jewish calendar goes by. And that's what the prophetic calendar concerns. So if you took those seven years of days now that Nebuchadnezzar was out there living as a wild beast and you multiplied it by those 360 days a year prophetic calendar, that comes out to 2,520 years. So Ezekiel says you've got to serve 2520. Daniel says, you got to serve 2520. Well, you know what happens, don't you? Listen, they served 2520. But what we want to know is, what does that mean to you and I? Joey, what what in the world does prophecy have? Prophecy is old stuff, old stuff. Well, let's just talk for a minute. You see, both Ezekiel and Daniel's prophecy of that 2,520-year period for Israel's exile for their sin, if you use that 360-day prophetic year, you see to get from the old Jewish calendar through the Julian calendar down to the Gregorian calendar where we're at today is... You know, it, it looks like one of those old math books, all right? And I just didn't want to do that to you this morning, all right? That's, I'm just kind of going over that. But what we're doing is we're, uh, we're converting all that year stuff into dates. That's what we have to do. To get from that calendar all the way through to this calendar, we've got to convert to dates. So those 2,520-year sentences are going to be 907, 907,200 days. 907,200. 907,200 days. That 
begin with what? Well, they begin with when Israel was restored the first time. And that was from a guy named Cyrus. So Cyrus's decree that Israel, this was after the Babylonian captivity, you see Nebuchadnezzar and that bunch, had, uh, they were in there and uh, Daniel was still around and uh, you know they figured out uh, that it was going to be, well, the end of the 70 years. And this guy named Cyrus was coming in. And Isaiah talked about Cyrus, called him by name. Said, he'll come in, he'll be my blessed one, he'll do my work. And this is what happened. When Cyrus comes in, what does he do? He restores Israel. And we know from historical records, this happens on August the 3rd, 537 B.C. Now some scholars will dispute the dates with you, but uh, this is pretty nailed down. August the 3rd, 537 B.C. was Cyrus's decree that Israel was a nation. They had been in captivity, right? They were there in Babylon. They were captive. He had taken siege of the city. Uh, they had destroyed that. Uh, you know, it was, it was in shambles. He had taken all the good people, Daniel, Ezekiel, all them were over there with, the, with them in Babylon. But when Cyrus comes in, he says, no, Daniel, you're a pretty good cat. All these, all these guys, pretty good guys. Guess what? You can go back to Israel. Israel is a nation again. That happened August 3rd, 537. So what does Ezekiel's prophecy say? What does Daniel's prophecy say? That if, once you're restored Israel, if you do right, everything's good. But if you don't, you're going to have to pay the price. And that price is 907,000 days, 907, 200,000 days in exile. A long time, right? 2,520 years. That's a long time to be off in exile. Well, what does that got to do with us, Joey? Well, because if you start counting that 907,200 days, from that day, it brings you up to a day in history, May 14th, 1948. Now some of you senior cats out here might know what happened on that day. You younger guys are like, so? Well, let me tell you what happened on May 14th. 1948, in case you're a little bit slack on your history. The United Nations, which I don't really care for, but that's neither here nor there. The United Nations declared after 1,800 plus years in exile, after years and years of persecution, after years and years of wandering, that the Jewish people now had a homeland. The nation of Israel was restored. Amen. To the day. I mean that. What? What in the world? 
Can you see what God is doing? This is one of 53 prophecies in this era that I picked out. You see, just one, the one I've got for next week goes along with this. You're like, are you going to do this again next week? You better believe it. You better believe it, man. This stuff just, just gets me all giddy. I mean, I see the sovereignty, the hand of God when we talk about this. And this is what I want us to understand. The power of our God, the majesty, His beauty, His love for us that He would write these things down that we could look and we could know. I have no doubt whatsoever that this is the Word of the living God. None whatsoever. There is no doubt in my mind I believe that more than I believe I'm standing right here. I believe that more than that. I believe that this air that I'm breathing into my lungs. I know this is the word of the living God. And with that assurance, with that grace, with that mercy, you think this world's got anything on us? You think this world can get us down and get us discouraged? You think this world can defeat us? No. No. Because my God declares the end from the beginning. (laughs) Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years before the fact. Thousands of years before the fact. It don't matter to him. Boom. Right to the day. You see, he is able. He is mighty. He is God. You think that makes a difference today? Brother Mel, come with a verse of the song. You know, as we stand here at the precipice and you know, I'm sure you guys know as well as I do that there's an election coming up, that all this stuff is going on in our nation, that there is uh, so much uh, for you and I as God's people to have our mind and thoughts on today. But listen, we have to be a witness to a lost and a dying We have to. You can try to talk to the world, but most of the time they're going to turn a deaf ear to you. Most of the time they're going to, you know, they might nod at you and go on their way. Well, that's discouraging. Well, that's the world that we live in. I was talking with somebody just last week and we were talking about, I think I mentioned it last week as well, you know, that the the, uh, religious powers of this world keep declaring a revival that's coming or that a revival that is happening. That's not coming. Not to God's people. All right? It might come to religious people, to these religious organizations out here, but not, that's not, there's not going to be a revival of God. You see, the scripture tells us, like Paul, when he wrote to the church, that uh, times are going to get worse. That 
we're going to face more persecution. That we're going to face more troubles. We're going to face more trials. And that could be discouraging to a people. Unless you know how that ends. Unless you know where that winds up at. Because you see, our God has not forsaken us. He's asked us to do what we were created to do. And you know what that is, don't you? Revelations 4.11 For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. That's us. We were created for his honor and his glory. If we can do that, we are successful. We are successful. Well, we don't have the biggest crowds. Oh, it don't matter. We don't we don't get out, we don't reach the most people. We're not the biggest and the baddest and all. Oh no, you better whack out. You better wait just a minute. You're looking at things the way that man looks at them. You need to see the way things are going on in heaven today. The way that God looks at it. Because when God looks down and sees a faithful people that love Him and want to give Him glory, He is happy. And if we can make God happy, that's it. That's what we were created to do. That's what it's all about. Listen this morning. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart and life, is moving on your spirit for you to be saved. And that salvation is belief in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not the words of a prayer. It's not emotions felt or anything like that. You may feel emotions. That's okay. But that is not salvation. Salvation is believing in who the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ declared He was according to the Scripture. That He died for your sins according to the Scripture, that He was buried, that He rose again according to the Scriptures. Everything goes back to these Scriptures. You see that? That's why Satan is so busy today trying to run this in the ground. That's his number one job, to run this in the ground. He's put out so many perverted uh, translations of it, He's got so many people running around think they know better than what the prophets wrote down. Well, they didn't really mean that. Oh, they didn't really write that. You see, that's what Satan is about doing. Trying to discredit this. Too late, buddy. Too late, buddy. Because when you look at what God has done, what God has declared through His Word, there is no doubt of who He is. So if He's dealing with you, Holy Spirit's dealing with you, whether you want to come down here and speak with me, whether you want to take care of business right where you're at, Lord, you do that. You take care of it today. You believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and you accept Him as Savior. Change your life. If you need to come down to these altars and pray about something, listen, that's why these altars are here. The people at the church here will meet you. We've got a loving people here. They'll meet you here at this church. They'll pray for you and they'll lift you up. But whatever it is that's need today, 
Let's, let's take care of it while today is today.